Hey guys, welcome to the Five on Volleyball podcast, the best place to follow the stats, storylines, all the other great stuff going on in the world of pro volleyball. I'm joined here today by Everett Delorme from Volleyball Source. We are here podcasting live from Ottawa. How are you doing, Everett? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be on the, the 5-1 VB podcast. It's, I don't get to do a lot of other people's podcasts. Right. I've been on your podcast a couple times before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've posted a couple of them to this podcast, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of new fans recently, so probably a lot of them have not heard you before. So do you want to do a quick intro? What, what, uh, what kind of stuff are you up to these days? Uh, these days... Uh, well, other than getting blacklisted by the FIVB, I, I which, have your rant uh, scheduled. Okay. okay. Here. Well, then you let me know when I, when I'm when I can rant, and we'll go into that. Uh, but yeah, these days, uh, I mean, I run Volleyball Source. I don't know if I'm I'm not a YouTuber. I have a YouTube channel, but you know, we have I have a website, Instagram. Like it's it's I'd say the whole social media thing that's standard for everyone doing this kind of stuff these days. For yeah, sure. I, I'd I'd like to call myself a, a volleyball brand. Okay, I like you know, that, yeah. um, both not only in volleyball source, but uh, you know, I, I think over over the years I've I've established myself as, you know, one of the people to pay attention to in, in Canada at the at the very least. Mm-hmm. A big voice in the volleyball community. So before we start, if you guys enjoy like my content, the stuff I do, then I would definitely give volleyball source a, uh, a listen. But then again, or I watch or whatever. <laughs> before we get started, I need to give like a big shout out to Dan and the stuff that he's been doing. Um, actually, the way that Dan and I met was I started seeing you know five one posting on Instagram and I was like oh this is this is good content like this stuff I remember the stuff that you were doing at the the, the very beginning and I was know? getting like ten likes per post yeah exactly <laughs> and I was like oh this is gr- this is great stuff like we need more content like this and then I saw you comment on a one volleyball post and you're mm-hmm. like you know which is like a kind of semi pro league that yeah, we have here in Canada exactly and you're like oh, are you guys going to be in London and I was like like. This dude is local. Like he's at the very least he's not Ontario. And I messaged you and you're like, man, man, I'm in Toronto. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'm in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And then once we, you know, exchange names, well, real names, not in, <laughs> Five one volleyball, volleyball in, in source. Volleyball source uh, I found out I had actually coached your little brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that was about a year and a half ago about now. Yeah. About, about, about that about now. A year and a half. I think um, fall, yeah, fall twenty seventeen ish. Winter twenty seventeen. I, think it was, I feel like it was spring. Maybe spring. Maybe spring. Spring of, yeah. Spring of 20. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. But, uh, but yeah. So, uh, just been doing highlights and stuff like that for podcasts and articles. and Yeah. For a while now. For, for a little bit. All right. So, this is... You've been at a million tournaments before. You've been doing volleyball stuff since... For uh, over a decade? Or would you say um, about a decade? Or I've a been less? I've been following volleyball for over a decade. I saw my first World League game in 2007 it was Canada against Brazil at the Hershey Center in Mississauga and uh, it was a packed house it was about two-thirds Brazilians and they had this big sign in one of the corners that says Brazil belongs to Jesus I remember <laughs> I remember that 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 quite a bit I actually won tickets from VSP which is the the local volleyball shop here in Ottawa and does a lot in Quebec as well uh, and it was actually my first official job was was working at, at VSP Okay. Uh, and then I worked at and then I worked at Volleyball Canada in 2011 and 2012, uh, and so organized been, these events. So you've been working and organizing these events for a long time now. This week one was my kind of first time being mm-hmm. a kind of involved, not in the organization process, but more like in the press and in getting to interact with people. So it's been like a cool weekend so far. Mm-hmm. Ottawa Nations League. 
Uh, you guys, probably a lot of you have seen the games going on on TV, but mm-hmm. I have to say, in person, uh, it's it's been a really successful weekend so far. A really fun weekend. Yeah, I I, uh, I mean, if you want to go back to 2011 when we were hosting World League qualifiers against like Puerto Rico and or Slovakia and Puerto Rico, we did one here. And even the Pan Am Cup that we did, like literally about a seven-minute drive here just on the other side of the river in Gatineau. You know, I remember going to national team games where there's like three, four, maybe 500 people in the stands. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we had a few thousand to, yeah, yesterday or Friday. It was Friday absolutely packed, really passionate fan base, a lot of, you know, diverse demographics, lots of kids, but also lots of athletes. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And we also, like, we saw a lot of Canadian fans, but mm-hmm. we, uh, Serbia is another team playing this weekend that has had tons of fans come out for these matches. I don't know if you guys can, like, see that from TV, but. You know, Ser- Serbia really comes out to support their uh, their players. I actually think I, th- I saw more Serbian fans in Ottawa than I did in Nova Sad in Serbia last weekend. Straight up, though, <laughs> eh? Like, I was I was thinking about that as well, where it was just like, Nova Sad seemed pretty barren. Really empty. And, Which is too bad. It's too bad, but... And because, like, I've definitely seen Serbian matches before where it's packed and it's mm-hmm. jamming. You know that they have they have very, very passionate fans well, they might have got the scouting report that, you know, pretty much the entirety of the Serbian national team was skipping out on Nations League. It's too bad. It would have been nice to see, you know, Atanasevic and Lisinac and you know, all those guys in person because those, I mean, I'm kind of happy because at least Canada doesn't have to play them, but it would have been cool to see all those athletes in person. But we've seen some great players play this weekend, you know, Team Canada brought their A-team roster. Yeah. Um, Australia. Actually, a lot more impressive in person than yeah. they're on TV. Very physical team. Yeah, I, Australia is also another country that's missing a few other guys. You know, we don't. There's no Paul Sanderson here. Right. Um, we we don't have any of the right size guys. Like no Paul Carroll. Although Thomas Edgar has been like no one's seen him since like the, the qualif- like Olympic. And I think yeah, I think this is the first time he's been on an Australian national team roster in a long time. But again, yeah. No hints. Maybe we can try and uh, ask some of the Aussies today. Try and get some uh, inside scoop. Yeah, absolutely. Although I'm, I'm. This is the second year in a row that we've had Germany, and mm-hmm. I've been super impressed with the German, the German squad, and watching them play. Like that, that win yesterday against Germany was huge. Yeah, Canada playing with one of their best lineups, and Germany really took them to the limit. Very good serving team. That's that's not something I'd really like anticipated about this Germany team, but you know. A lot of good jump servers, some switch up kind of floaties from uh, Thomas Koshian and, and Bohm just yeah. went off on oh, that. Like man. the beginning of the second set there last night was just absolutely hammering the ball. When you look at him, he's got these massive like platter sized hands that you know it almost seems that you know they've they've got some weight to them and he can just crush it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was doing work from behind the service line. He was doing work in the block. Did, mm-hmm. Didn't have a ton of hits. Um, but very impressive player, nonetheless. But there are a couple of those young middles. Very imposing as well. Crick. Tobias Crick. Dude, that he's a monster. It was before when we were watching the Serbia against Australia game, you like nudge me, you're like, look how much look how big the Germans are. And they're all standing, you know, in the, the Zamboni entrance. Mm-hmm. Um for all of you your do do I mean I'm sure a few of them know what a Zamboni is. It's the ice cleaning machine. The big Huge, like, yeah. yeah, um, and Gord Perrin and Gord Perrin's like six foot eight, six yeah, foot nine. Six, he's a 
he was a big boy. Big so. boy. And he was getting dwarfed by some of those. Yeah, he looked German like a, he looked like a normal guy next yeah, to like yeah. Anton Brem and uh, Tobias Creek. Yeah. You, 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 your pronunciation that on there is on point. Well, okay, so our, the announcer in the stadium at TD Place, you know, actually spent a lot of time learning the names and learning the pronunciations of all the players, which is really good because, you know, you guys know from watching the uh, Nations League broadcast on VolleyballWorld.tv, like, the, I like those guys a lot of the time, but they cannot pronounce names, like, at all. What? Like, zero names. Like, it's incredible how... Like, they make us look good. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bianca, who's the, the in-house announcer here at TD Place, she did it also last year. And, you know, she's telling me that she did get a little bit of flack from the Germans. Not, like, not officially. You know, like it was it was, it was was obviously very kind ribbing mm-hmm. about some of her pronunciation. So, as we were seeing on her Instagram story on Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday, where she was just sitting with Grinding, the German, yeah. Yeah, just sitting with the German coaches and learning the pronunciation of 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 the different names and she did a great job as far as i could tell yeah she she's she's uh she's world class mm-hmm. she's, yeah she's she's great yeah so how about that match friday the first one of the entire tournament we went down a bit early on friday to watch some of the teams warm up in practice mm-hmm. you know it's, it's pretty cool to see it just hanging out by the by the court hanging out by the players like it's a lot faster and more physical when you when you're when you're that close why people like my videos but that's that's for a little bit that's that's coming up that's coming up <laughs> um yeah and you know that that first match germany against serbia was it, it you know we saw this it's very obvious that the, the serbians are very skilled and that yes. they can be very very passionate and fiery when when they want to and when they are that way they're very very hard to stop mm-hmm. but I mean, this has kind of been the knock, and this is this is one of the knocks in general in international volleyball. And I've talked to a lot of Canadians and Americans about it. And why, you know, Canadians and Americans are so sought after in Europe is because there's this never say die attitude that is developed in North America. And I think that's just in general from our sport culture. Not mm-hmm. it's not specific to volleyball. It's you know this we we love the last minute. The last, yeah, the last minute rally, the final play, you know, the the hail mary, the you know walk off in the in the ninth, Mm -hmm. the the OT winner. We're a highlight sports culture. We we are, you know, we love we love the Disney story story. That was whenever I was coaching when I was coaching your brother and you know all the (laughs) other teams I've ever coached. It's like, you know, guys, hey or or girls, I coached a lot of ah, actually your your brother's team was the last boys team I coached. Okay, Um, they scared you off. They they did. We finished last place in the OVA and it hurt my ego quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I love using the line of, hey, guys, like, this is where the Disney, this is where the Disney <laughs> comeback starts. Yeah. Doesn't usually work. Sometimes it, sometimes it does. Um, we was, had a couple, couple decent names on that Serbian roster. Lazar Sirovic. Yeah. I think the biggest one was Dusan Pekovic, yeah. who was, I think, the leading scorer of the entire Italian league last season, got picked up by Skrav Beltatov. You know, I, I was kind of doubting that signing earlier on some mm-hmm. podcasts. I'm like, I like this guy. But I don't know if he's like, you know, gonna be an adequate replacement for Marriage Vlajli on Scra. But after seeing him in person, I'm a bit more confident. I, I also don't think that we're getting the full package with him this weekend. And I, I think you talked about it yesterday when we were chilling. Is that they don't know how to they don't know how to set him, and they don't mm-hmm. they're not great at setting him. I was not impressed with uh, Todorovic. I yeah. believe his name, the backup setter. 
I mean, we knew there was not going to be a super impressive setter because we, we've both kind of criticized Nikola Jovovic, I think, in yeah. the past. Yeah, yeah. As maybe the weak link, maybe one of the reasons why Serbia hasn't been. I would almost say he's probably the least skilled setter in the top 10 yeah. of, of the teams in the world. You know, Like, who he, would you rather have, Antoine Brizard or Jovovic? Oh, that's not even a question. I'd go Brizard all day. What about, you know, this might be a Canadian bias question, Brett Walsh. I mean, I, I think Brett Walsh is you know, like his play this weekend has really just spoken for itself. And mm-hmm. you know, when you're looking at the Canadian depth chart, Walsh is sitting in third, right? You know, we saw TJ come back for for a couple reps yesterday, when, and we saw Jay really do a good job uh, at the World Championships this this mm-hmm. this year when TJ got injured, and you know, it was his show, and it was there's nothing to do, and especially this 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 past season as well uh, with. Greenyard Masik, I almost yeah, said Yeah, new, new sponsor for it. Um, you know, and did, did a great job uh, in Champions League uh, as well. So, yeah, I would, like, like for me, if, if Brett was Serbian, you know, he would be starting. They, they would be, yeah, they would be a, a more excited and more exciting yeah. as a team. Yeah. But like you said, like, actually the Serbians were a lot more defensively strong than I anticipated, but they kept a lot of really good rallies alive. They're, they're defensively strong, but I also find they have these like momentary defensive lapses where just stuff falls drops between players. And that is, you know, one of the, the big highlights for me to getting to see Serbia was having Nikola Gerbic yeah. here. Seeing you know, his reactions and how he, you know, how he, he, it's a tough challenge for him. Yeah. I mean, he's not used to coaching like these kinds of players. Yeah. And you know what? I he's obviously a legend, and just watching how he he's he stayed pretty calm for mm-hmm. the most part. But there's he, been a few balls like I, there was one ball in the fifth set against Germany that just dropped in front of the libero, and he went after the libero. And I, I think that's the other weak link on this Serbian roster. Definitely, it's, it's those two skilled positions. Right, and like when you're talking about the, the setter and libero, they generally have to be the most skilled players on the. But court. interesting enough, Nikola Grubic was an incredible setter for the longest time. Yeah, but so maybe he was a bit of more the exception than the the norm for for well, maybe somebody. But also, we we've seen in the past, like kind of in the same way that the Americans didn't really have an answer after Loy Ball left, where mm-hmm. you have such a dominant setter, or not even setter, but you have such a dominant player in a position, and it doesn't always lead to building something up underneath right it scares people away we've even this weekend i we've had you've had conversations with people who are like yeah i was told by the national team coach that i was never going to play because we already have yeah. we're already set at that position and yeah. then what are you supposed to do as a volleyball player right yeah and you know that's that's kind of where you make that decision do i go forward or i do do i shy off right mm-hmm. so um, maybe you lose even if you lose one or two good prospects like that that can cost you in the future but especially like we've seen it in setting in the, in this country where like setters are hard to come by mm-hmm. you know the setters are the quarterback the quarterbacks of our sport right and you know if if you're going if you want to talk you know football terms in, in, in all of this like there's only so many good NFL quarterbacks. Right, and once, right? You, once you run out, there's... Yeah, right? And so I think what separates setters can be such small differences, but they make such a massive difference in in, in the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Which you, you saw in that first match, tight match, but Germany definitely had the advantage with mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Kosian and yeah. uh, Jan Zimmerman yeah. setting for them. And then we had Canada-Australia, really good start to the weekend. Or Canada. Yeah. Um, you know, when we were talking beforehand, I think we both called 3-1 yeah. for Canada. 
ended up being 3-0, but you had said, I think Australia is going to have a, a strong serving game. And that's exactly how they, I was shooting highlights uh, during that, 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 that first set and, you know, we weren't sitting beside each other and Australia came out blazing from the baseline mm-hmm. and we didn't. I think we made five or six serving errors in that first set alone. Yeah. And that really is what, like, they're serving. And well, they started team. off, like, 7-3 or 6-3 up on us. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. But then Friday night was the Shawan Vernon Evans show. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, we talked about this. Shawan Vernon Evans went 18 for 22 attacking. His hitting percentage was better than the, the Warriors' free throw percentage on Friday night. Yeah. And that's a good free throw shooting team. <laughs> the best free throw shooting team. That Honestly, was a, that was an off night for them. But yeah. if you if you, any of you guys know listening to the podcast podcast right now know like of a more efficient performance with like more than twenty set attacking attempts, I'd like to hear it because I can't even remember the last time anyone's hit like over eighty percent on more than twenty attempts. Yeah, and you know, to me, we, we talked a little bit about wet roster there. If you look at the the, the set distribution um, throughout that game. Shawan got 22 attempts. You know, Stephen Marr got, got 23 attempts. He went 11 for 23, which is still, you know, he's still hitting at almost a 50% and, clip. And watching Stephen Marr, he calls for every out-of-system ball, high ball, every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> every single time. And then, you know, Gord got 20 attempts. He went went 9 for 20. Um, and then, you know, Sclater got in. Sclater was 100%, got, went 2 for 2. Match ball, I match, match ball, absolutely. And Arthur Schwartz also in there. He got, he got four attempts. Ryegrass got had nine. So Brett had, did, has done a, did a great job in that first match spreading out the offense and really creating those gaps for Shawan. Yeah. Uh, Shawan against a single block right now, automatic. Completely automatic. I mean, we've sh- I've like been watching clips where like Shawan against a two man block yeah. is. Like- you can go OT, guys. If you didn't watch this weekend, go go watch at least Australia versus Canada, and don't t- and tell me that Shawan Vernon Evans is not going to be an absolute star in volleyball. I think he already is. You know, like after his World League performance in 2017, like he's a known name. He's definitely no name, but he kind of fell off the radar a bit, yeah. right? Well, well, he did get it, like he did get injured, right? He had that well, stress fracture. He, he, he played for a little bit in that first season poll, but yeah, right, like yeah. the injury, yeah, and then that, that caused him to miss a lot of like Nations League last summer for Canada. All of it, all yeah. of it, yeah. Came back just in time for the the uh, Wagner Memorial mm-hmm. to get ready for World Championships, and it just wasn't. He was, I wouldn't say he was a negative in in World Championships last year, but I wouldn't either say he was a huge plus. You know, and yeah, just a middle of the road opposite. Yeah, you know, like he's not. Uh, you know, he was he was giving you a lot of points, but he's also taking away a lot. Yeah, you know, he wasn't like Australia's Stockton, right? Mm-hmm. The, this weekend, who you know, both of us have kind of been like a very average average on him, but he has, you know, it, and with him too. When you when you look at what happened in Oni at, at in Warsaw this year mm-hmm. at Oniko, where he's. The backup behind Arujo is that was that who, yeah, who it Rafael was uh, Rafael Arujo, and then once the session folds and they assign Bartosz Kurek, Shawan wasn't even practicing six on six. Yeah, he was getting like pre-practice and post-practice reps and like playing volleys and short court. And then Arujo, understandably, is like, well, I don't want to be a backup. He's a good player. He's a I'm a good he player. He was he was I think he was leading like in game MVPs before they yeah. signed Kurek. 
And, you know, which goes to show, like, Schwann didn't start over him in the beginning of the season, but that's no knock on, on, on show. No, absolutely not. But that's, that's often where you see players kind of die. Right, you it's, know? A, it's a test. It's, 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 it's an absolute test. And then, you know, he really focused on, like, man, if you go back to the Nations League last year, that was his first week back practicing. And I saw show like, show up and... He was bottom heavy. Like he had a booty on him. He was, you know, he he had some humps, had some love handles. He was probably over like say 30, 40 pounds heavier than he is now. Mm-hmm. But he really focused on his nutrition. He really focused on getting stronger and and not stronger as in bigger. Because no. when he came back after his first season in Warsaw, he was massive. You know, he <laughs> went from being this like praying mantis type dude who I've been watching play the OVA since he was 14 years old mm-hmm. to being this this brick of a man and that I think kind of broke him down whereas like now he he really focused on just getting better and then we we talked about it his first game back in the Plus Liga playoffs he drops 22 points right that huge you know Bartosz Kurek with that injury right before um, Warsaw was making their semi-finals appearance but yeah. And I mean, he, he played he, great. They, they signed Machi Musai, and he was legitimately playing over Machi Musai for a lot of games. Yeah, absolutely. And that to me is, I was really excited to see how he was going to perform in Nations League, but he's surpassed even all of my wildest dreams so far watching. Yeah, uh, we were both high on him, I think, after Plus League, and he looks way better than I, I even could have thought. Way, way, way better. So what are some of the other younger guys who have impressed you in Nations League so far? Kohanovsky has looked all right, but we he's really good. But he's a stud. And we've we, known he's been good for yeah. a while, right? Um, how about how about some of the Americans? TJ, we've seen like all those college guys get a lot of reps already. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's, it's really hard with the Americans right now, given that they're... they're you know their record is so poor, mm-hmm. but you know I think that's you're you're seeing. We saw yesterday. We saw Michael Ma said Michael Ma said. So what do you think? The probably one of the best prospect discussions, Michael Ma or Tuaniga. Who are you thinking so far? That's a tough one. Um, it it really really is because I think either of them just brings a bit of a different look. You know Ma loves running it real real fast mm-hmm. you know he runs it fast to either pin he loves running the the, the 31 well, and it's like michael christensen his contact point is so high mm-hmm. um but we've also seen ma play outside a little bit you know a little he, bit. he played a, a 6-2 bit. this year this year yeah. at, at ucla well, i think at the end of the year he was like just strictly playing outside for yeah. a lot of games and you know what there's i remember last year there was this outrigger tournament the outrigger canoe club in hawaii Okay. And they had this this beach tournament. And when you're talking about the Outrigger Canoe Club, you're talking about like like Micah Christensen, like oh, yeah. the they've McKibben, got, the got McKibben brothers. You've got the Crab brothers, the Shogis. You've got Triborn and Michael Mike Michael Ma won it in like a king of the court like king of the court style scenario. So it just tell, shows you how skilled he is. But Tuaniga, oh man, he is. You know, and I, I got to see Tuaniga a little bit when he was setting with the junior national team. You know, I, I called some of those games, uh, the Pan Am Cup mm-hmm. here in, Gat- or in Gatineau, just across the river. Uh, got to see him in the Pan Am Games when he was when he was uh, setting for uh, Team USA, and they pushed Canada to um, a 
bronze? No, they they played in the quarterfinals. Yeah, and it was Tuniga and Ben Patch essentially, mm-hmm. and they, they they pushed them to, to five. Um, but Tuniga, like he's he's almost like an artist out there. Like he's a, he's a maestro, and it's just it's just so it's just so pretty to watch him. Set. He's got some nice hands, and also I love about Tuniga. He has like he, he could be a libero. Like he is insanely scrappy. Yeah. You can tell he's touched millions mm-hmm. of balls yeah. in his life because he just pop it up from wherever. Yeah, absolutely. And then like I think another guy we've we've seen Mitchell Stahl in there yeah. who's he's, he's been doing an all right job. He it, it's decent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also you know the the other obvious one is T J Defalco. T J Defalco is another guy like Shawan. I think he's been a little bit less impressive yeah. this week in Russia, but especially for like and I think. But for me, the bigger knock on on TJ DeFalco is that DeFalco's been in the system for a while. Mm-hmm. He's played Nations League. He's play, he played World League. Yeah, it's right? 2017 he started with the team. I, but I think he was even on the roster. Like, 2016? All the way, 2015. Oh, really? I think that was his first election and the first time he started traveling. So he's kind of been there. But mm-hmm. I'm just not entirely sure where DeFalco's ceiling is. That that to me is kind of the the the, the because the he's a thing. little shorter because maybe he's he's pretty athletic but he's not like a elite athlete no and and if you watch the way Defalco plays is that he's very very calm right mm-hmm. he's very even keeled and he have you have you talked to him no I, I've never I've never talked to him I've never I've never interviewed him or anything um, yeah. I say, I'm, I'm kind of it's tough to figure out what he's about sometimes yeah so and I found when uh, again I guess I saw Tuaniga back then as well but I found when I was commentating some of those uh, uh, Long Beach like LBSU versus Mac exhibition series right. that he was almost like indifferent at times yeah you know and when you look at DeFalco there's all these little things in his game that are so perfect already and it's just like, how much further do you have to go? Like when you're talking about a player like Shawan, he's got this massive athletic upside, mm-hmm. right? And you know, Shawan's not like Shawan's not a Gavin Schmidt who just started playing volleyball. Shawan has been playing. Yeah, he's, he's polished. And he's he's played beach. He's played beach world championships. He's he's played junior team. He's you know done some things, but there's still things he needs to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure how much more TJ DeFalco has to learn. And I'm not entirely sure how much TJ DeFalco has to get better athletically, you know? And that's the other side of the coin is sometimes you see these guys who just have all of the tools, but they're just not big and strong enough yet to mm-hmm. be able to play. Like Graham Vigrass is, is a perfect perfect example of that in, in my eyes. Where yeah. He was a really good middle for a while. And then, uh, you know, we, t- we were talking to Blair about it the, yeah. the other night about how, you know, Graham went to go play for uh, Arcus Izmir one year, but was only on the Champions League roster right so he had most weeks he was just you know getting jacked in the gym right in the gym yeah five six times seven times a week yeah so with defalco i'm not entirely sure where he is in there although the usa did get a win today against portugal but it was 3-1 against Mm -hmm. portugal so well you know it's we'll have to see uh kind of about that one i'm just pulling up the stats right now yeah defalco defalco went 12 for 24 that's that's pretty decent yeah and i think i think his first weekend i think that was pretty impressive. I, I th- a lot of people are saying, oh, maybe uh, maybe DeFalco could weasel his way into challenging Aaron Russell or Zizki or 
probably not Sander because Sander is kind of like a lot of DeFalco except way more athletic yeah um. <laughs> way more athletic yeah. and DeFalco does not touch the height that, that Taylor Sander does no 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 but also there's, I don't think that he has that fire in him quite like Taylor Sander mm-hmm. does like Taylor Sander just has that kind of next level mode mm-hmm. where it's just like give me the ball and I'm, and I'm going to do yeah. something with it it almost feels like Taylor Sander a lot of the times he's like holding it back holding it in but then, yeah, a few times you see, he's, he's ready to go. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, yeah, those, some of those... Uh, we, I mean, we've seen Kyle Ensing a little bit last week Yeah. Um, on the right side. But, but, but Ensing, I feel like a lot of the stuff you just said about DeFalco can apply to Ensing, too. He's already so skilled. He's already so knowledgeable about the game. Where where does he improve, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't really see Ensing going to that next level. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Ben Patch went 17 for 32 today. Patch is looking pretty good. Yeah, we've knocked Patch before on podcasts and stuff, but you know he he improved a lot in Berlin, I think, um, and he's looked great so far for Team USA. looks looks like a worthy successor uh, at the opposite position so far. Yeah, I I, I would say so. I'm not entirely sure. It's how... not going to be Anderson. He's not going to be Anderson. No, but, for but... sure. Um, and I mean, once they get Anderson back for the finals, I'm yeah. guessing he'll be kind of you know up there. I mean. In terms of like younger players, do we call is Kliuka? Do we consider him a younger player? No, he's established. He's he's established. You I, know. Oh, can we? Yeah, let's talk about Kliuka because I think this is like I mean he's he's already had kind of a coming out party, but like he's he's looking like the best player in Nations League so far. Yeah, for sure. He's second in scoring behind Gafour or no behind um, the the Italian guy, uh, Nelly. Yeah. Um, so so that's good. Nelly's got 106 points. Kliuka's got. Got ninety five. Yeah, um, kind of looking at this, uh, Nelly. It's kind of silly. He was sitting on the bench in Trentino all season behind Vittori. Yeah, a little silly. That's that, there's other factors in yeah, play. There's absolutely, other factors. absolutely. There's other three hundred fifty thousand other factors. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and then I think another guy that we haven't really talked about is Polatayev, who I'm maybe slightly a little. He hasn't looked as good as he did. Underwhelmed by yeah. him. You know? we, we, I think we both came into the tournament being like, okay, Politaev, this is a, we've seen, he had a ridiculous season with Kemarovo, beating mm-hmm. Seneca Zahn, came into the tournament, okay, this is everyone, all the casual fans, all, all the Instagram fans, they're going to just fall in love with Politaev. Not really. Not, not, not really. Yeah, no, it, uh, it hasn't really, it ha- hasn't really uh, come, come up which in, is a, in that Which way. is strange, because he is playing with his club team setter in uh, Igor Kobsar. Yeah, yeah. But maybe it's just that, you know, because uh, he's, he's at Fackel, right? Uh, no, he's in Kemerovo. Kem- Kemerovo, sorry. Yeah. Um, maybe with him when he's at Kemerovo, it's just that like, he's a bigger part of the offense. Well, he is right? the offense. He is, he is the offense. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, you're, once you're with the national team, you're going you're gonna to spread it out. Well, Kluke is number one, probably full call might be number two. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right? Playing so. as an opposite where you're arguably the third offensive option, I guess, yeah, tough. could be a tough sell. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, I think there's, I think there's, there's like I said, I think there's different, there's a few different guys who mm-hmm. have been doing. And the, the last young players I want to talk about are actually guys that we saw in person this weekend. What about what do you think of Germany's, you know, Linus uh, Weber? I probably said that one wrong. Uh, Anton Brem. Yeah, those uh, those guys have been more Twaishar. Those guys have been pr- pretty good, um, but I, I you know I, I can't put them up Tobias there. Tobias Creek. Yeah, I, I really like. I like their middles the best. Yeah, but you know they're not dominant. 
You know, yeah, they're not yeah. they're not they're not dominating out there. But it was still it was still good to film them. You mentioned earlier you got some good highlights from some of the games on Friday. Unfortunately, maybe not getting any more highlights. Do you want to maybe uh, get into that a bit? Oh, uh, if yeah, let's let's do that. So, if you know my page at all, you know that we've I've been doing highlights for for quite some. Probably time. if you've ever been on YouTube and you're listening to this podcast, you probably know these the yeah, highlights we're about you, to talk yeah. about. You know, it's and it was really. Uh, I did some baseline highlights uh, during the 2015 uh, Champions Cup, and that one would qualify the team, like the winning team, to uh, the World Cup. And Canada ended up winning that event, beating the U.S. with their full roster. Like Anderson was there, like their guys were there. Three-two in five sets in Detroit. Legendary Canadian game. <laughs> Legendary Canadian game. That was. That one is like engraved in my mind forever because yeah. it's just like what like as the game like kept on going it was just in my head like holy shit we can win this one like mm-hmm. we, we can and not a lot of victories for canada on the world stage up to that point no and that was really that win to me is really kind of what opened up the floodgates you mm-hmm. know like we we really start, saw them start pushing well plus it helps to uh, get all those ranking points yeah. from the world cup yeah a- absolutely um and you know, last coming into last year's World League, I was I was looking at my some of my the, my stats on YouTube and be like, I'm spending a lot of time doing all of these like big highlight videos, mm-hmm. where like they take me a lot of time to edit and and to shoot and stuff like that. And so last year for World League, I gave my my little brother, my my 16 year old brother, my camera, and just put him at the baseline, and he just shot everything, and those blew up. Mm-hmm. And it was very obvious to, to like in the comments like these these are the best this is the best way to watch volleyball yeah. these this is you see the speed of the game you see how physical you are you like there's people commenting me like i've never seen volleyball before but this is amazing i'm gonna start watching it yeah like, like lots of people saying that. lots of like you know 300 comments of being like this is awesome there's only one comment on the entire thing of being like i don't like this angle no. and, I, and i downvoted that one because <laughs> like no screw you well it's you shoot it what you shot those at 60 or 120 frames per second 60 60, 60 on those yeah. and it's right from the baseline the lighting's perfect all the kind of crowd is blacked out yeah you can see kind of the speed of the game you can see the physicality of the game something usually only get in person but i think those videos show the speed and physicality which is why they do so well yeah uh, absolutely so i mean uh, i was i was in a little hot water let's say with the fivb earlier this week um because one another thing that that my website has been known for was providing live stream links Mm -hmm. and providing uh illegal live stream links i i I won't bat bat around the bush you know Mm -hmm. But we, I, you know, we developed that that culture, I guess, of of doing that on our website back in 2011, back in 2012, right. when live streams weren't available, mm-hmm. right? So the only way for us to watch, as Canadian fans, for us to watch our national team a lot of the time, was was via these these live streams. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's something that I've been doing for years. Did it throughout the World Championships. Do it throughout World Champions League. You know, um, like you know, people. If you can pay for it, you should. But there are people who can't. Absolutely, you know, pay for it. And so on. You know, and then there's like there's countries where volleyball world TV isn't available right. because the, the the rights in, like in the that Americans, country, like like the Americans, who have to pay thirty dollars a month to watch volleyball. <laughs> exactly, or you know, like in Italy, for example, does does Italy get access to volleyball world TV? Uh, no, I think the Zone has 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 rights. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, but regardless, there's, there's someone people, has rights, right? Maybe there's people around who don't have the ability to watch the games, and that's what we did it for them. And you know, I 
got, you know, via the FFB contacted Volleyball Canada and they contacted me and said, you know, with this can't be happening. And I was like, you know what? That's that's fair, you know? Yeah. I And it's not like I wasn't promoting Volleyball World TV because, you know, we were. And yeah. Uh, But yeah, hey, you know what? You don't want me posting illegal links. You want me steering people to the website? 100%. Fair enough. That's fair enough. No argument there. Um, and so I asked, I was just like, all right, well, I'll be shooting highlights if you guys want anything. If you guys want to be able to work together, let me know. And they're like, well, can you send us, you know, some evidence of your highlights just to see if we it falls underneath copyright? So it's just like sent them one of one of the clips and got the message yesterday that no, I would not be approved for uh, for shooting those highlights. Um, so I technically wasn't approved on Friday either, but I I, I did it. I just set it up the uh, the camera. Uh, it wasn't right on the baseline like it was last year. It was a little further back. Had to zoom in. And you guys can actually check out those highlights already on uh, Volleyball Source, or at least the condensed version. Yeah, you can. No, you can check out the the, the 120 frame stuff that yeah. I shot. So, but not the uh, not the camera that I oh, set up. Okay, okay. Just like just back, right. just the back. Um, and when I got in there yesterday, I was uh, just you know sitting at at the table, and I looked over, and my camera was down. And I was like, oh, did it fall? And so I went over and, and asked the guys who were sitting there at, at the, the data volley table. And they're like, no, Volleyball Canada took it down. They didn't know who put it up. And I was like, oh, okay, no worries. Like, it's mine. Yeah, like, just it's, me. It's, my, it's me. And then I watched, uh, you know, a, a Volleyball Canada employee who is just doing his job, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that because, you know, Brad is a really good friend. I have massive amount of respect for him. And I know that if there was any way that he was able to give me any leeway, he would. Right, but he went and took took the the camera down, and essentially, I've been uh, blacklisted from from filming those those um, those highlights. Yeah, so unfortunately, guys, probably not gonna. We didn't have any footage yesterday, no. so. Well, I'm gonna see what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go there and talk to them today, and and see what can be done about it, mm -hmm. and see if there's any possibilities of, you know. Because we know, I know, I know, probably a lot of people listening to this podcast really enjoy those highlights. I know, I I've probably watched all yeah. those like five or six times each. Yeah, you know, and, and it's funny in, in emailing with the FIVB and, you know, just like, yeah, you know, you can't promote it this way, but we'd really like you to promote Volleyball World TV via your in, your your interviews. And I'm like, well, my interviews average like maybe 200 views per. Yeah. Comparatively to the highlights, which as multiple people have stated are the best way to watch the game and they have literally millions. Yeah. You know, and when I emailed them back and I was like, like, I think that's unfortunate and I think that there's literally going to be millions of fans around the world who are disappointed that we're not shooting these highlights. Um, and it's it's frustrating because there's there's channels out there like Titans Volleyball and, and not not a knock against Titans Volleyball whatsoever. They work hard. It's all they, hard they work hard. They do a great job but you know, there's a lot of those highlights where they're like blacking out different parts. They're zooming in because yeah. they're trying to stay within, you know, they're trying to skirt underneath the copyright, copyright lines. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm going there and I'm doing the work myself and we're right. shooting it ourselves and it's my own content and that's not allowed. And it's 100% upside for the FIVP too. 100% upside, right? And, and, I, and, you know, in my communication to them, it's I'm more than willing to work with you guys, yeah, right? And it, I don't, like, all I want to do is to be able to grow the game. Mm -hmm. But 
instead they are. Can you imagine if they had those highlight videos like on the volleyball world TV? Like, man, that would be huge. And it would, it would honestly, I think it would just entice more people to go to the matches. Right, they'd be like, oh, well, this is what it actually looks like if you go. And and this and this this is a part of a, a larger conversation that I've been having in for a while. Mm-hmm. And I've like straight up, I've like straight up gotten arguments with producers at TSN about this and being mm-hmm. like, why is volleyball the only net sport that we watch from the side, right? You know where the ball's gonna go. It's gonna go left to right, left to right, left to right. So you're just watching a fucking pong match the entire time. So I don't know if you can, I can swear on your podcast. I, 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 I allow myself to swear, <laughs> to swear on mine. Um, whereas, you know, it's, it's funny when you're at the, at the game yesterday, you've got all of the, the casual fans who are sitting like on the sides. Yeah. And you have all of the coaches, and because there's a coaches symposium going on right now, there's mm-hmm. the Volleyball Canada AGM going on. So, this is really like this is the, the hub of Canadian volleyball for the year. Yeah, the here. entire B team is there. The entire junior, junior team, team was there. Like everyone and all of the volleyball people are sitting on the ends because they know that's where you need to. Oh, watch I, the I game. went down and sat like right at the baseline for right? most of the game. And yesterday, so uh, I think that in in shooting those highlights, you're really enticing more people to go watch the games. Mm-hmm. And there's literally people commentating on the videos like, "Hey, like." I didn't watch volleyball before and I saw this and this is amazing because right? it is and, and it is and you know in talking to one of the photographers there and he's like I don't understand that like a mm-hmm. photographer shows up he's not accredited he's no, like no one right and I, I watched it he's this guy who has a small little you know he has his own photography company. He's like, oh, this is cool. This is going on. I want to go shoot it. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, sure. Full access. C- come on in. Here's here's your pass. Just write your name on this list. <laughs> but if you're shooting video, you're not allowed to do the same. And it's just mm-hmm. these archaic rules that come along with broadcasting. In the same sense that, um, you know, here in Canada and in other North American sports, you have blackout effects. When mm-hmm. a home team is playing at home, they black out the the area, that that city, to entice people to go to the game. There's mm-hmm. only 20,000 seats in there. Like, if you're taking Toronto, for example, there's 20,000 seats at the ACC. What's it called now? The Scotiabank Arena. Scotiabank Arena. There's only 20,000 seats there, but Toronto's 5 million people. So how are people going to watch the match? How are people going to watch? Like, it, it, it's, it's these archaic rules because we've got 65-year-olds running these media companies mm-hmm. and they don't understand that TV's time is gone. Yeah. Right? And, you know, before it was, you only had so many channels to watch. Right? Everything was in a funnel. Mm-hmm. But now because of the internet, that's all blown up. Right. So you need to be able to to, to provide other other. And stuff. which other leagues have embraced? I think my favorite example of that is the NBA, which you know fully embraces all the media and all, all the social media stuff that comes along with being like a premier sports franchise, and that's why you see like NBA is insane right now. But and but you can go on the flip side of that. If you look at MLB, if you look at Major League Baseball, that is the the, the company that's cracked down the most yep. on it. And it's you, hurt them a lot. It is absolutely hurt them and it's destroyed. Like, you already had an aging fan base and you already have a dying, not a dying sport, but definitely, like, it's, it's definitely it's, faltering. It's not growing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just think that, like, for example, I'm, I'm hosting my, my first volleyball source beach volleyball tournament in Montreal in two weeks. By the way, if you're in the Montreal area, you're in Quebec, you're in Ottawa, come out June 21st to 23rd. Challenger Plus said sick. It's going to be great. Um, just had uh, Gabe Berlacu and Liam Kopp from uh, 
from Canada sign up. All right. I, I love Gabe. He brings a lot of fire. So it's, it's going to be a great weekend if you guys want to come hang out. But, you know, I'm trying to find other content creators to come out and create content around the event because it's so beneficial to have all of this content from different people's eyes and showing it how they see it, mm-hmm. you know, and showing these different looks of, of what the game looks like to them. You know, and I think that's really important and we're really hindering the sport by not allowing mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it's a really interesting discussion that goes, yeah, like you said, beyond volleyball, just how, how, do, how do sports operate in the digital era, in yeah. the internet era? And I think we're, you're definitely working through some growing pains right now. Yeah. But I think, you know, the progress and the ability, like, look towards the future. Don't look towards the past. No. I, I, ultimately, I, I, that's what it comes down to. You know, and it's... To get, me, get on the bandwagon early. To, and, and to me, it's not the FIVB because necessarily, because it's, it's IMG, you know, it's mm-hmm. their media uh, affiliated company mm-hmm. that isn't allowing them to do that. Because the, when I asked to do the highlight about the highlights, it wasn't an immediate no. It was let us go check to see. Right. And it was like, no, this doesn't like this. That falls under copyright. But copyright is copying someone else's property. Mm-hmm. And that's clearly not what I'm doing. You're f- filming your own completely I'm original content. Filming my own completely original content. It, We're editing. And by, by their rules, like people taking Instagram stories from the crowd would be infringing on their copyright. Absolutely. 100%. And so it's just, it, it, it's frustrating in that sense because, you know. You're willing like, to work with them. Yeah. You're doing your, all your own work. Mm-hmm. But, but also in another sense is that, you know, people are probably going to disagree with me with this, but in a certain sense, it's art, you know, and uh, art is something, you know, that, that tells a story and, mm-hmm. and encapsulates someone within, within that, that medium. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, like you've told me specifically how entrancing those highlights are. Yep. Uh, when you know it's just play after play after play after play after play mm-hmm. you know it's like rhythmic it's it like is music. it is rhythmic and and it shows the rhythm of volleyball it shows mm-hmm. the, 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 the 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 tempo and the cadence mm-hmm. of, of how it goes and any other artist can come in and create art surrounding the event mm-hmm. right like you could go and just uh, like record the audio of the event and like it's showing you the, the passion of the crowd and the sound of, of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. You can be a painter, you can be a photographer, you can be a sculptor, any type of those things like you can go in and do it. But with video, we have these archaic rules that, you know, like what me posting highlights from the event two, three days after it's done is going to affect the live broadcast. Yeah. In, 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 what, in, in what way? Plus, you're willing to promote Volleyball World TV. Like, it would undoubtedly... For free. Like, hey, <laughs> you guys do not need to pay me yeah. for these promotions. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If, if like, And that's going to be the next, the next conversation with the FIVB. All right. If you're not going to let me shoot the content that I want done, that I want to do, and that ultimately the Everyone. fans want, then you're going to have to pay me to promote on my, on my, yeah. on my medium. Yeah. And guess what? Like... We're not basketball. We're not hockey. We're not soccer. We there's not there's not many of us around. You, you know, not many and, more than us too. <laughs> basically, and it's 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 just so it's so limiting the the, the way that, that that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it's frustrating because you're not 
you're not taking the the fans into account. Yeah, and frustrating for everyone listening too, because I, you know, it's fun to watch. Yeah, um, and it's also frustrating for me because that's a way I make money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. The, the, like we can bring you we can do stuff like this we can go to like Nations League well but that's exactly it like I was relying on you know I was literally just talking I was like well I think I need to go get like get myself like a business loan and a line of credit yeah. because I was relying on what I thought the income would be mm-hmm. based off what I saw from last year mm-hmm. in, in those views so yeah it's, it's frustrating we'll, we'll see what we can get done for Chicago though yeah, maybe I, we'll I, see. It. <laughs> it's it's definitely not something that I'm going to just let go of, right? Because it's at the end of the day, and I I said this around U Sports when when there was the whole debacle of Alberta losing to Thompson Rivers in the quarterfinals, right. and then them getting the at large bid for Nationals over top of Thompson Rivers just because of you know some stupid things in the the mandate and the bylaws. Mm-hmm. It's just like. Let's do what's right and not what's written. Right. And it's a good, it's a good philosophy. It's 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 a consistent issue with with it, with this kind of stuff. And you know what? Once again, like posting the illegal streams, I can hundred percent see how that infringes on what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, won't do that anymore. But this is, I think this is this is an issue. It's and that, different. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, it's not something that I'm going to be willing to let go. Um, and the goal is really going to be able to go to Chicago and, and do the same. But it, it's frustrating okay. also on the other side where it's like, I go to the beach. Like, I'm going to go to the World Championships in, in, in Hamburg in a, in a few weeks. And I'm going to be allowed to do what I do there. Because mm-hmm. they realize that it's it's not hurting anyone. It's only and, helping your brand. It's only helping your the sport. Exactly. So it's... Um, it, it, and I, I mean, I think that it's, it's easier to come down on me for it because I... Am the face of my brand, and mm-hmm. I my 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 name and my face is out there in the viable world. Whereas, you know, some of those other channels aren't. You know, they are just the channel, mm-hmm. right? You're gonna send it, if you're gonna contact them. You're sending an email probably to like who knows? Like obviously, I'm just epicvolleyball at gmail Yeah, you know, titansvolleyball at gmail.com and you know they can kind of like not answer. Whereas with me, you know, when I was posting, come that, talk to you in person. <laughs> when I was posting the the legal links, it was like. You know, like we're gonna revoke your media pass. Right. You know, you, we will not allow you in the in the facility type mm-hmm. thing. Um, so, and I think one of the last things that I want to point out is that you know, there's a volleyball world TV um, page, and that's the FIVB's page yeah. on 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 you on YouTube. Right. When they post, and they want, they're like, well, you know, we can send you these this stuff, and we can credit to you. But a, I'm pretty sure if they're sending me those those highlights, I'm not gonna be able to monetize it. Right, because it's going to be their IMG's yeah. property is going to be flagged immediately yeah. as copyright, and all of the money is going to go to them. But then, second of all, the highlights that they're posting on Volleyball World TV are getting like twenty, maybe twenty-five thousand views if per. If it's a good game, if it's a good game, and it, it, it yeah, so it's, it's it's really frustrating that we're limiting ourselves to these archaic models, mm-hmm. you know, and that. The people who suffer, like me doing what I do, only benefits the FIVB in right. and, and IMG. But them stopping me what I do, not only a, a, like hinders me, but it affects the fans and it affects the game mm-hmm. and it affects the the athletes and the teams and, and everyone that... Because that, we're involved. really starting to see a growth of the online community around volleyball, which you know hadn't really existed before. 
you know, don't want you don't want to nip that in the bud because I think it's a great sport for highlights. I think it's a great sport to talk about. It's kind of a mm-hmm. you know, there's always stuff going on in the world of volleyball. Twenty three hundred sixty five days yeah. a year, there's something to talk about. So it's a good it's a good sport for the digital era. Absolutely, you know, and one of my biggest like one of my biggest hits, one of my biggest issues in volleyball and at period is that we don't tell stories. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you look at how like. If you look at the UFC, when did the UFC start blowing up? When they started doing the Ultimate Fighter, mm-hmm. right? Because you 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 gain you you create a relationship with these athletes, mm-hmm. and you started to care about them, and you, you, there was a, there was an emotional aspect to it. Well, how, how many fans this weekend saw Schwan play and are like, okay, I'm following this athlete for the next ten years, right? But we don't know who he is, right? Because you know, Volleyball Canada and the FIVB doesn't promote their athletes in that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've heard of issues on the beach where, like, you know, people at the FIB is like, you guys are getting mad at the players. Like, you guys need to be bigger stars. It's like, well, maybe if we had a better mandate of not just live streaming the semifinals and finals, we would be able to create those stars, right? Mm-hmm. If I watch the Masters, if I watch Wimbledon, I'm going to watch all of it. You know, I'm going to be able to watch, like, practice rounds on Monday and they're going to have an entire booth with, you know, a commentary and, and different guests and different, you know, insiders and all that stuff. Where is that for volleyball? Both indoor and the beach, men, men and women, right? And it's, you can really tell that IMG is just like, well, we can get this contract and mail it in and rack in the cash from it. Right. So it's, as I said, it's, it's something that I'm not going to let go of and I'm going to keep fighting for. But hey, if you want to, if you want to support that fight, let the FIVB know what you think. Right. Mm-hmm. Let them know on Instagram. Let them know on Twitter. I think it's press at fivb.com if, if if you want to. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. If, if you want to. Uh, if you want to chime in, because I think it is, you know, a, a good issue. Like if if you're someone who's you know, probably already struggling to follow volleyball, because it is a struggle, and that's why we're here. We're trying to make it easier for you guys to follow mm-hmm. the sport. But it is tough, you know. That's what's kind of yeah. why we're here. Yeah. Um, I, I also so, enjoyed how like we've been. Ha- I've been having a great like back and forth with the FIVB, and they still haven't answered my emails from yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's too bad. But then again, I, I do I do want to thank uh, Moda. He's the uh, head of digital of digital from the FIVB. He has been very like like I'm I as what, much as we criticize them, I think they're. A lot of the decisions they've made recently have, have started to look a, a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I don't think that this is a FIVB decision. I think this is an IMG decision. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to, like, why are we undervaluing and why are we selling our sport for pennies like this? Right. And, it, and that's, that's you know, another another issue I have. We should have another podcast of just going Everett's issues. But yes. um, I, I, I think that's, that's, that's enough, that's enough of, of my rant for today. I'll, I'll do another one on my channel where I'll, yes. where I'll maybe get a little bit more heated, okay. <laughs> let's say. Well, as much as we criticize, as much as no, that was a bad, a bad experience for you, it has been a good weekend overall. Oh, Being absolutely. at the arena, meeting a bunch of people. You know, getting to see so much volleyball mm-hmm. and getting to kind of you know yeah. see it really up close and kind of be around around the players and stuff. It's yeah. been really been a good experience. Absolutely, and for me, it's I, I think you and I have almost like polar opposite experiences in this sense. Yes. Whereas, like, <laughs> sorry, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I, I've I've definitely felt bad for Dan at a few times where like <laughs> I just disappeared because for me, like I'm from Ottawa. Yes. This is this is the town I grew up in. So. The clubs here. I coached and played for both of the clubs, so I know everyone there. 
the players here, both young and old, like I've, I've still been involved mm-hmm. more more or less than I know them. And then we've got the AGM. And so for me, it's just like, I feel like I've like, like I was, somebody asked me yesterday, like Everett, how many people do you know in this arena? I'm like, probably a good like five, 600 people that yeah. like I, I, I know Interacted right with now. over. Whereas you, is it's just, <laughs> this is like your first yeah, that was a nice catch on my pen. Eh? It was. This is your first kind of introduction, so we've got kind yeah, of two, it's, two, two. It's end, been a little overwhelming, but uh, it's it's been a good experience. Uh, well, I'm gonna do a full recap of everything going on this weekend, probably on, on Monday, kind of catch up because we've we've been at the arena, so we haven't had time to watch necessarily every single game mm-hmm. uh, that has not been going on in Ottawa. So I'll do a full recap podcast for you guys. But this is I just thought this would be a nice thing to do while we're in Ottawa, get to talk with Everett from Volleyball Source, you know. I think we had a good discussion. I hope you guys probably learned something about broadcasting and broadcast yeah. rates. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, it's definitely something that you know, I, you know, I, I, I as I said, I, I get a little testy on. Right now, I'm just pulling up the schedule here because that's one thing that's you know, kind of or not sorry, the standings right, right now. Um, some of the highlights from some of the, the results today that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Brazil went to five with Argentina. That one doesn't surprise me as much because they are the two teams in the South American conference and they know each other very well and they go toe to toe. So I think it's in a lot of, in a similar sense, it's a lot like Canada versus USA where there's a lot more on the line. It goes, there's, a lot, of, there's a lot of parallels between the, those uh, matchups. Yeah. And the, it, it goes, it goes a lot further than just like the, the, like what's on paper. Right. You know? Um, so th- that one, obviously Brazil coming away, but then Bulgaria, Getting a five-set win over France. That one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up the the stats a, here. A little surprising, to be sure. France has looked even even rolling with their like backups and their backup backups. They've mm-hmm. looked pretty unstoppable so far, getting big wins over yeah. Poland and, and es- Russia. Especially because Uchikov, who has been one of the top scorers, mm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fight you on that one. I think Uchikov was one of the reasons why they haven't been doing as well. Really? Because he's, he's like, he scores a lot, but he doesn't do it efficiently. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, he went three for eight, but. Both Penchevs really, and, really did and well. And I really like the opposite that came in for Uchikov. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. He is a seven-foot opposite player, is it, though. Is it Chernokozev? Yes. He is a, a player I think you guys... He, I think he's the going to be the uh, successor to Svetin Sokolov. He's, you know, huge size. 212 centimeters, seven feet tall. Yeah. At the opposite position. Yeah. Uh, still, still a little raw. Hasn't re- doesn't really have the ball skills yet, but... You know, I'd take that any day over Uchikov. Yeah, but it was uh, it was Rosalind Penchev who who really led led the led the charge. Uh, this, the this better Penchev brother, in my opinion. The better? Oh, really? Oh yeah. I, I would I would almost. You're a, Nik- you're a Nikolai fan. I am a Nikolai fan, man. I just, I know. you know, I, I really enjoyed watching him play. We had we hosted Bulgaria in 2015, in uh, in Halifax. No, was it Halifax? No, I think we played Bulgaria in Summerside PEI. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we played Bulgaria in Summerside PEI, and uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed watching watching uh, Nikolai Penchev then. So, yeah, it's a, it's it, it, you know, it, yeah, I'm I'm a Penchev fan. Big big win for Bulgaria because you know they've been they've been dropping a lot of games, and as a challenger team, they do run the risk of being relegated out of Nations League for next year. So. Big win for them. Big win for them, absolutely. And it drops France. Brazil is now the only undefeated team in the Nations League at 6-0. And they have um, they have 15 points. 
So a 15 out of a, out of a possible 18 is pretty good. Yeah. Iran. We talked about, I think this is the time we want to talk about Iran, because Iran is currently sitting in second. They have 16 points, a 5-1 and one record, and they've been looking very good. Gafur is... is Yeah, didn't didn't have the, the best season in the Italian Super League playing for Monza, but he's he's looked a lot more comfortable getting set by Maruf. Yeah, yeah you know, Iran, like, 3-1 over Italy. 3 nothing against China. 3 nothing over Germany. I think that's what that's probably their best win so far. Their only loss is a five setter to Brazil. Yeah. And then pushing Brazil to five sets too. I'm gonna have to go back and check yeah, and watch that game. And then beating Argentina and then beating Japan at home earlier this morning. And Japan's looked alright too. They J- looked like a good team. Japan has looked alright. And you know what? I, I don't think their two and four record necessarily indicates how well they've played. Right. You know? Um, so it's yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think what another interesting to see will be can Australia get on the board? Can they get their first I win know. today? I feel bad for them because they we saw it, we were watching the game against Serbia in the arena and like you could feel like them deflating as you know they won the first two sets and then just you know started losing energy as they went on. Serbia going on to win three in a row and, and take it five. Yeah, I think with that Australian team and. I think I made the, the, the reference to them of them reminding me of Team Canada in like 2013, 2014. Right. You know, a team that can do it, but just doesn't necessarily have the level of skill or doesn't believe in their skill. I mean, mm-hmm. they are missing a few players. Like there's no Paul Sanderson on this roster. As we no mentioned. Paul Carroll. No Paul Carroll or, or Thomas Edgar. So, um, but last year we saw Germany go 2-0 and beat... USA and then yeah. Canada and then lose to Australia on the Sunday. So yeah. maybe that maybe that will be happening today. Well, the game starts uh, pretty soon, so I think you know. I think do you have anything else to add? Um, I I think the only thing I want to add is Poland and their kind of middle of the road play because I think with Poland we see this occasionally where they do that and then they. Like go accelerate for it. at the end. Accelerate at the end. So you know, looking at this, like looking at the 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 standings right now, you got Brazil one, Iran two, France three, Russia four, Italy five, Canada six, Poland seven. I don't really see any of the other teams breaking into that top seven teams. Yeah, I think you know? I think we've got. Yeah, those seven teams are the ones going to be competing for final six. Yeah, USA is going to not be mailing it in, but. I, we saw this, I mean, we've seen this in the past as well, too, where, you know, they're going with other players. Like, there's no Aaron Russell on the roster. There's no, uh, there's no... Uh, yeah, they're, bring, they're bringing, like, three, three maybe, of, of their eight-team guys per, per round. But they're, they're getting a lot of bench guys. I do... The I, college guys have a lot of We experience. can announce something on your roster, on your podcast, though, about a roster move oh, for Canada next exclusive week. Exclusive news here. Exclusive if, if, news. If anyone's made it this far. If anyone's made it this far and, you know, past my ranting, but... Joining for the first time with the A team next year in Iran with Canada will be none other than Dane and Gima. The Kofi kid. The Kofi kid is going to be on the roster. Finally. Finally. We've been um, waiting a long time for this moment. We've been waiting for a long time for this moment. And, you know, people have been asked, like, why isn't Kofi kid on the A team? And, you know. It's actually probably one of, one of the most common questions yeah. I get. <laughs> and it, it, it really Literally. is. And I, I think the answer to that is blocking. You know, yeah. when you make that jump from university ball, college ball, to the FIVB, there's a huge difference in the way the middle game is played. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from being a big part of the offense 
to your, hey, your primary job is blocking the ball. Your primary job is making sure that you're able to play within our system so that we can build our defense around you. Because guess what? Siding out isn't all of that hard these days. Right. You know, like like the side out game in the men's game is is the, the is the game, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the way to win a lot of the times is you need to get stop those extra that. touches, get uh, yeah. know, one block, but, couple kill blocks here and there. But I think where Kofi can really, really um, do that well is also from the baseline because he can absolutely rip bombs. Mm-hmm. But we'll see we'll see how how that does with the Mikasa versus the Molten. Because they do play with the Molten in, in the right. NCAA, which is a, a slightly heavier ball, and you can pin it. Yeah, it's I, hard to miss with that ball. Yeah, it's. Uh, did you did you see the new Mikasa they have it? Uh, I did. I, I actually did a picture uh, for my Instagram story. Yeah, what, did, what, did a yes no. <laughs> what what do people what, 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 what were the results on it? Say about it's pretty pretty even. About fifty five percent yes, forty five percent no. I will say that uh, most of the players who chimed in were no's. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I won't say who specifically. Okay, uh, we, 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 you don't need to divulge. Call, call everyone. Yeah, um, I think it was interesting you, on uh, Thursday night when we were at the Hall of Fame banquet. Yeah, and we watched that that how those highlights from the nineteen eighty four Olympic team, and they're using the all white balls. Oh, I hate those things. And but and it really really made me realize like you, it was probably so hard to call doubles. Yeah, because you it would be yeah. so hard to see this spin on the ball because yeah. everything looked the same. Like there wasn't even any logos. There wasn't like Nothing. anything. Yeah. It was just a, a white ball. The iconic white ball. Yeah. So I mean, we'll we'll see. They're 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 changing the panels up on, on this ball. They're they're changing the number of them. They're changing yeah. the shape. So and asking the Costa reps what the like what the integration is going to be like, and they're like. It really it depends on the league. It depends on, on on who's going to be. Probably the FIVB. I imagine would adopt it fairly quickly. But I'm I'm assuming the FIVB will adopt that for the the 2020 Olympics. Ooh. So, well, that's what that we that could be interesting. We we saw no. We saw them release the Mikasa MVA 200, the one that we use yeah. now. We saw them release that in 2008, the summer right. of 2008, and that's the ball that they used. Or no, was it? Trying to think, what did what ball did they use in 20, 2008? I th- no, I think they used the MVA. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, it, like, if they're releasing it now, the entire year before, like, we could use that next summer in Nations League. So yeah, the earlier the better in that case, give players a chance to get, to get, get some reps with that ball because it, it does. I look, it's it's a little different. I I I kind of I wanted to like practice with it, but you can't really. I wasn't gonna buy one. It was a hundred bucks. We can. Uh, Let's go. We can go talk to the uh, the president of Makasa Canada and see if we can get some to, to, to try out. That'd be dope. All right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're gonna we're about to head off to uh, Germany versus no no Serbia versus us. Germany. You <laughs> had it right the first time. <laughs> yes. We're gonna go off to the arena right now to watch some volleyball. Um, hope you guys tune in on volleyballworld.tv or. Wherever you're watching from, we're going to be posting Instagram stories and, and all that fun stuff, social media. Hopefully, ever can maybe film. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see how it goes. Right. I think. I think. I think. I think. I've just thinking about it now. I think I figured out a way. We'll okay. See. Okay. Well, we'll leave that. <laughs> leave that for the arena. Hope you guys enjoyed a bit of a different five-one um, volleyball podcast. You know, probably learned a few things. Uh, anyway, have a great weekend, and I will do another podcast on Monday. Thanks a lot, guys.